Hello and welcome to Stories from India, a podcast where we talk about myths, legends and folk tales from India. I am your host Narad Muni and I am a mythological character myself. I have the gift of eternal life and knowledge of the past, the present and the future. By profession, I am a travelling musician and a storyteller. So the way I do my job? is by podcast. This week, we are back into the world of Akbar and Birbal. We'll see how one can stay warm despite being in the middle of a freezing lake all night. And we'll also see what the term slow cooker really meant in medieval India. The character this week is the sister of Ram and Lakshman. Most people are unaware of her and for a very good reason. She does not appear in most versions of the Ramayana. If you haven't heard earlier Akbar and Birbal's stories, do check them out. Episode 9, A Clever Minister in King Akbar's Court and Episode 10, The Great Detective. But all of these Akbar and Birbal stories are standalone, so strictly speaking, you don't need to. The premise of all these stories is that Birbal is a minister in Emperor Akbar's court. And he is one smart cookie. Akbar is often confronted with what seems to be an unsolvable problem. And always, it's Birbal who gets them out of the soup. Very much like Jeeves and Wooster from P.G. Woodhouse's books. Or sometimes, Akbar manufactures the problem himself, very much not like Bertie Wooster. Our story begins on a cool winter evening as Akbar and Birbal were taking a stroll. They came to a little pond. Akbar said that he really felt like taking a dip. Yeah, like I've been saying, eccentric. Um, your majesty, are you really sure? asked Birbal. The water looks quite cold. Akbar had already taken off his shoes at this point. He paused. How cold? he asked. Birbal dipped his hand in the water and said, It's not exactly icy, but this is about as cold as it gets in the tropics. Akbar dipped a toe himself. And he had to agree. This is pretty ghastly. I bet it's a new ice age. Birbal made a silent mental note to instruct the Minister of Meteorology to present alternative facts proving Akbar's ice age theory. In fact, continued Akbar, this is far too cold for man or beast. I bet no one could stand it. Ah, there I must contradict you, your majesty. I wager I could find someone who could stand in this water all night. No way, you're on, said the emperor. Let's have the bet for, say, a thousand gold coins. This was pocket change for someone who was the ruler of most of India. Birbal quickly went about looking for just such a person and returned in five minutes. He found someone who was poor and desperate enough to audition for this game of fear factor. 
Let's call him Bahadur. The bet between the king and his courtier may remind you of Tenali Raman. But unlike Tenali Raman, Birbal was generous enough to promise the entire reward, the thousand gold coins to Bahadur. A thousand gold coins was a lot of money in those days, just as it is today. Bahadur gladly accepted. He waded into the middle of the pond and stayed there. Do not attempt this at home. You will almost certainly fall sick. Akbar posted a couple of guards to keep watch on Bahadur all night and headed off to his warm and comfortable bed and down bedding and pillows while one of his loyal subjects stood in the middle of a cold pond with cold winds blowing above. If Birbal felt a little guilty about having dragged Bahadur into this, it was offset by his knowledge that the man would receive a thousand gold coins, which was probably a thousand times of what the average citizen earned. Tomorrow morning, everything would be okay. But the next morning, it was not okay. It started off just fine though. Akbar asked for Bahadur to be brought before him. Oh, and do cover him in a blanket or something, he instructed. Before people could appreciate this gesture though, he added, We don't want Bahadur to drip all over the palace floor, after all. Bahadur was brought over, along with the guards. Yes, the guards confirmed. Bahadur had indeed stayed in the water all night. Yes, actually in the water. He didn't have a raft or a floaty or anything. No, he hadn't had a drinks break or anything either. Akbar reluctantly called his treasurer over and had him count out a thousand gold coins. While the treasurer did his job, Akbar, out of pure boredom, made casual conversation with Bahadur. So how exactly did you manage to stay in the water all night? It was hard at first, your majesty, admitted Bahadur. But then, in the distance, I saw a street lamp. Which one? The one that's about a mile away? Yes, your majesty. That lamp was the one bright spot during the whole night. It looked so warm and inviting. I imagined being near it and focused on nothing else. And that is what got me through the night. Wait a minute. So you cheated, said Akbar. You were supposed to stand in the water and bear the cold. But you kept yourself warm by the street lamp. But, but, your majesty, Bahadur tried to interrupt. But Akbar wouldn't listen. He had Bahadur thrown out with no reward at all. Birbal was disappointed, sure. But he wasn't about to let this go. He had put Bahadur's life in danger. And now Akbar was quibbling about a silly technicality? The emperor was going to learn his lesson. The next day, Birbal didn't show up in court. He didn't have an out-of-office reply set either. Birbal was Akbar's go-to person for everything. Again, just like Jeeves and Worcester.
Naturally, Akbar was worried. He had a couple of soldiers sent over to Birbal's house. They came back soon enough with a message. Birbal was making his breakfast. He'd finish cooking it, eating it, and then would report for duty. Ah, that's all it is, thought Akbar, and decided to wait. An hour passed and still no Birbal. The soldiers were sent again. They came back soon enough with an identical message. Birbal was cooking breakfast and would be over as soon as he was done cooking and eating it. No, no, said Akbar. You're repeating the previous message. No, your majesty, said the soldier. Birbal is still making breakfast. Another hour and still no Birbal. Akbar was incredibly annoyed now. He had to go see for himself what Birbal was doing for so long. On the way, he picked up some bagels and coffee from Dunkin' Donuts. Because, you know, a backup plan. When he got there, he was surprised to see what Birbal was cooking and how he was cooking it. Birbal had all the right ingredients. There was a fire, very, very essential for cooking. There was a pot. It had all the raw ingredients in it and probably all in the right proportion. But Akbar thought he could spot where the flaw was. Birbal, he said, you've hung the pot too far from the flame. The pot is supposed to be on the flame, not hanging five feet in the air above it. Even I know that much, though I've never cooked anything in my life. Why won't this work, your majesty? asked Birbal. Because of thermodynamics, said Akbar. You know, the principles of heat transfer. You really ought to know all these things yourself without me having to tell you. There are three kinds, conduction, convection, and radiation. When you place the pot right on the flame, it's conduction. A much better way of transferring heat than radiation, which is what you're doing here. Your majesty is such an expert, said Birbal. Could you please also explain one more thing? How did Bahadur in the pond receive warmth from a street lamp a mile away? Akbar had cleanly walked into the trap. He had no answer to this. He didn't have a choice. He had to cough up the thousand gold coins after all. All of which Birbal promptly handed over to Bahadur. That's it for now. Some notes on the show. Before you feel too bad for Bahadur, who had to stand all night in the water, keep in mind that in a mostly tropical country like India, the water was nowhere near freezing. That is not to say that it was okay to subject Bahadur to this sort of a dare. Bahadur is a Hindi word sort of synonymous with daredevil. The character this week is the sister of Ram and Lakshman. Most people don't know that she existed. She doesn't appear in most versions of the Ramayana. Shanta was Dasharat and Kaushalya's daughter. 
She was given up for adoption. No reason specified. Her adoptive father was King Lomapad. We've encountered these characters before in episode 7, Kingdom by Horse. But King Lomapad was a spoiled brat. And his spoiled brattiness caused the whole kingdom to be in drought. Lomapad at this point sought Rishyashringa, who was this Rishi who lived in the forest and who could work some magic. But Rishyashringa was a hermit, a loner. He didn't really want to step out of his comfortable life, where he could go by for years and years without talking or hearing anyone. Lomapad sent Shanta over to Rishyashringa's hut, hoping that she would impress him and play the sympathy card and get him to help the king out of his difficult position. Well, she did impress him. Quite a bit. So much so that she ended up marrying Rishyashringa. Later, when Dasharat sought Rishyashringa's help, Part of the reason the Rishi may have agreed was probably that Dasharat was, after all, his father-in-law. That's it for this week. If you have comments or suggestions, please leave a comment or a review on the site sfipodcast.com or tweet at sfipodcast. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook. Be sure to subscribe to the show to get notified automatically of new episodes. Thanks to all you listeners for your continued support. The music is from purpleplanet.com. That's purple-planet.com. Next week, we'll do a folktale from Madhya Pradesh, which is a state right in the heart of India. It's about a magic cow that makes gold every time it goes to the bathroom and a bowl that can make any kind of food appear. The character next week is someone whom we've encountered a lot on this podcast. It's my dad, Brahma the Creator. We'll talk about him, and I promise I'll cover new information, which means we'll lay off the wish fulfillment. There's a special reason that Brahma is the character next week, because... There's a festival coming up that's linked to him. I'll see you next week. <laughs>